0: You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. The Podcast of Terror is a show with adult themes, run by adults, for adults. Please do not have your children listen to this show. It might be beneficial to them in the long run, but please, please wait until they are older. This is one of those things, it's like when you laugh when you're playing bingo and you, and 069 comes up and you have a chuckle and your mom, your kitty says... Uh, Uh, Mommy, Mommy, why why are you laughing at 069? And the mommy says, uh, when you're older. It's one of those kinds of things. Mommy, Mommy, can I listen to Podcasts of Terror? Sure. When you're older. This is a show with adult themes and some childish behavior. A lot of dick jokes. Uh, So please, 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 uh, if you want to avoid the swearing, if you want to avoid spoilers for your favorite horror movies, and if you want to avoid really, really lame, petty dick jokes, do not listen to this show. It is not for you.
1: Corey, how often do you wear a shirt? Not as often as you would think. Yeah, it's always nice to cover up your nipples, and maybe your neighbors are complaining because they're hairy. I know you they, like your, they, you wear, you wear shirts when it, we do these shows. That's about it, from what I understand. It's more that I just give off a glare that blinds drivers by. It is hot in California, so I assume that you sweat. There's a, there's a slight sheen to you, and the California sun just... I don't even sheen. I Estevez. <laughs> that, that is... If you do not want to Estevez in public... We have two places in which you can go. we got two coupon codes to make your life a little cheaper. Uh, you can go visit a uh, frequent guest and friend of the show, Matt Vincent. His his website, thehate.com. That's the H-V-I-I-I dot com. Use the coupon code HBG15 for 50% off your order. Maybe you hate him. I don't know. He's he's kind of a likable guy. But if you hate him and you want to go spend your money somewhere else, we got this other place. Go to statusfearmerch.com. Uh, another uh, sponsor of the show, friend of the show. He does all our artwork. He's a really nice guy. He does all the the art for my band, except for the stuff that Corey's wife draws. Head over to statuspheremerch.com. Use the coupon code Terror. Get you a little nice discount there. Episode 107 of the galactic network i'm your host matt stein with me as always is cory mocha crappuccino scott <laughs>
2: yeah uh yeah get it because it makes you poop no surprise Corey's a pooper <laughs> uh, i, I want to apologize up front because i seem to have the sniffles coming on uh so you hear a lot of uh snot sucking. sucking that- that's probably
1: gonna be me do you know who else has the sniffles no ice jj fish he's the rawest of them all our guest this week, uh, returning guest. He's got a really nice beard still. I'm like staring at his little, I do his little thumbnail. <laughs> it's a nice beard. Um, he's creator of the upcoming film The Sky Inside, and he's part owner of the Austin-based brewery Oddwood Ales. Brett Zebarth. Brett, how are you?
3: Yes, hello. I'm good.
1: Good to have you back. I th- I'm pretty sure you. We scheduled you for this date like four months ago. Yes, you did. (laughs) Because it was during our break when I started uh, finding guests, and this is this is the date that worked for you. And at one point, I thought it was in October, and it was on like a Tuesday. It was a whole mess. (laughs) Has nothing to do with my drinking. (laughs) I'm sure. Let's talk about your movie and your brewery. (laughs) Okay.
3: I mean, all right. What Um, what do you want to say? What do you want to know? Well, what, what are what they? The, the, sky- the, the brewery is the place where we make beer, and a movie. Okay, That's no. Uh, the sky inside is a short film that. Okay, it's so actually got a little bit more of a story to it. Started off as a feature film. Um, I wrote a feature, and I was going to try and when I was living up in New York, I was going to try and um do the kind of um, I'm trying to think of another director who's done this Christopher Nolan thing where he shoot it on the weekends and. You know, you just kind of find crew and put it together. And I wrote the film in such a way that I thought I could do that. Um, you know, and so we did, we started doing that and we shot, you know, over the course of really a couple of years and um, I ran out of money and I was moving back to Austin and I kind of ran up against this deadline where it's like, well, I've got 30 plus minutes of, you know, edited footage for uh, a rough cut. And I don't really have an end. So I kind of went through and I pulled the script apart and I said, okay, how can I make this a complete story? So I shot a few more scenes and um, got my rough cut together and then just started hacking away at it. And I was able to get it down to a 15-minute short film. Um, And now it's kind of in the final phases. I've got um, the final sound mix should be coming my way any day now. And I've got my, you know, festival, uh, uh without a box set up, which is ba- without a box, is basically a portal that you use to, um, submit to film festivals. So it's like, as soon as I get this thing up there online, I'll start shooting it up to film festivals. Um, it's, uh, kind of a, a little bit of a psychological thriller, a uh, surrealist psychological thriller with like some horror, um, elements to it um and so i feel like it's 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 kind of it's got potential in some of the smaller niche festivals where i can put it in you know i think i can weasel it into some, some smaller festivals but hopefully you know i can also get it out there and get it into at least one you know rec- festival that people have heard of you know not like the delaware horror film festival or whatever but something that's like you know uh, Seattle Festival Seattle Film Festival something that's got some clout so that's the goal you know it's always a crapshoot, and it's a ton of ton of fucking work um but yeah that's where i'm at with it and, you
2: know, is it, it something that since it started out as a feature and and became a short shorter film do you is your eventual hope is to get it back to being made into a feature again or are you just excited to have a project that is completed and instead if it if it gets picked up would you rather use that to fund for another project instead of trying to do this over
3: yeah i mean to be honest i'm a little burned out on it so that's (laughs) the latter sounds like the better situation if somebody was like oh i like this what else do you have Uh, i'm working on another feature that's more like straightforward um kind of like comedy horror that i would like to do i think it'd be a more fun project but if somebody was like, I, I really like this, I'd like to see the feature version, I've got a pretty decent script that I could work with, and I mean, I would re- I would want to reshoot everything that I've already got, um, you know, and just get a consistent crew and and, not, and do it, but if somebody was like, hey, let's do this, and I didn't have to do every single thing, that's the hardest part about being an indie filmmaker, is, is the fatigue, like, by, by the end of it, it's like, oh, I've got a I've got to sit down and write credits for this thing. And by the end of it, by the end of the film, you're just like, I want, I'm so done with this thing. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, there's a level of an excitement there, but at the same time, it's just, you get this fatigue. And and if you have a team that's like, Oh, I'll handle, you know, I'll handle some of the color correction. I'll handle the after effects. I'll handle this and this and this, and you have some money behind it. Like I said, I ran out of money and, (laughs) <laughs> uh you can pay people to do those things but I, you know I don't have that money right now so I'm doing everything uh, yeah so either way I would love to just kind of keep making movies so whatever if somebody's willing to give me money to do it do
2: you, so you're not you know. obsessed with the idea and and want to chase it down because the one thing I hear it from writers a lot is perfect is the enemy of done and a lot of people want to take something and make it and then remake it and then remake it and remake it and remake it. And remake it to get that one perfect piece of art out there. You don't want to go Axl Rose, November Rain on it. You, you want to actually get the fucking thing done and then move on to the next thing because you're, you're yes. a person who yes. makes stories and, and tells stories and has yes. way many more ideas. And if you spend too much time on one thing... Yeah, I mean, that's... And either one is valid. It's just I wondered how you felt about it since... I've taken stories that I thought were going to be a lot longer and made them short stories. And I've taken stories that I thought were going to be a lot shorter and just never finished them. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean uh, you know, I think there are filmmakers that, that are like that. I am the type I like to get a project out there, finish it, put it. And I, I'm also an illustrator. I, I, I draw. So I'm very much the same way with that too. I like to finish my drawing get, you know, for whatever it's for, Um, you know, kind of be done with it and move on to the next thing. And that's, that's how I feel like I grow as an artist. I, I don't, you know, if I keep rehashing the same territory, I, I, I feel, I do feel like I stagnate and I'm working on the beer labels for the, for Oddwood ales. And I've done like, you know, we're not even open yet, but I've done like 15 to 20 of them. And I kind of get, start getting stagnant. I'm like, well, I'm kind of working the same style over and over. So I have to just kind of take a break, step back and then come back at it fresh. Um, but what's that G- German director, Austrian director that remade his f- funny games? He made it exactly the same way in uh, Austria and in uh, in America, and shot for shot, made the same thing. And I like couldn't, I can't understand how the hell he would do that. But he had this vision that it had to be made in America, and when he had the money to do it, he did it. And so,
2: Michael so
1: Henke? or.
3: Michael Henneke, that's right.
1: Yeah. Do you have like a a, good movie? A release time for your movie, or is it just kind of when it's done? Yeah, I mean,
3: when it's done, I upload it to Vimeo, and that's how you submit to film festivals these days. Used to be, you would have to you know make a copy of the DVD, put like a code on it, and send it out. It's actually pretty convenient. You just upload it to Vimeo. You have your password. It's all you know all the information's on your without a box page. All the so you got a little press kit on there, a little EPK and you just find festivals and you're like, boom, that one, boom, that one. And that's expensive too though. So, uh, you know, the, the official release day I suppose is whenever, if you get into a festival and it's the first, if it's the first festival that you're premiering it at, that's kind of like the premiere short films are kind of bullshit though, because nobody watches them outside of the, the festival circuit, you know, yeah. in other countries, I think they do a little bit, but, In America, they happen. So there's not really a, you know, premiere. I suppose.
1: Yeah, but like Corey may, you know, kind of mentioned if it if someone really likes it in the film festival, they may pick it up and turn it into a a full length. Yeah. You know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It would be great.
1: Someone likes your style and asks you to write something else similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. So.
3: Yeah. For well, sure. a lot
2: of days you see what happens is someone who's a filmmaker and they have their first thing come out and it starts to get some notice. It's not we want to hire you to make your movie or or to make something that you have is your next project. It's, hey, we have this property that we own, and we think that your style would work well for this property. Here's this uh-huh. you know, potential script or the the idea, and you write the script and and make the movie and and give us our next uh child's play or give us our next friday the 13th or whatever that they got in their stable of stuff so if sure. if someone came over to you and said hey we really like the way that this film looks do you have a dream of well if i was going to sell out uh, what would be the perfect situation where i get to sell out to or is it strictly your own stuff right now
3: i'm sorry i think i missed a section i think it cut out for a second what was the what was the question hey,
2: if, if they, if, if Hollywood came to you with a, oh, if, a, if
3: they a had like a child's play properties. or some existing property and yeah. they were, Hey, would you like to take a stab at this script? Um, well, I, I mean, I think I would do it if it was, I, I mean, I, I like, even if it was schlock, I, I like schlock. I like that stuff. And I, am not, I'm not looking to be like some, you know, great American artist of some, I just like working. And if somebody's like, here, take a stab at this script. You know, I think there can be and I think you can put your own style and all of that in those stories, you know, and if it gets butchered in the end, I mean, which it might, you know, you might write something and then they get somebody else in there to do this. Like, oh, we don't like these scenes and they get somebody to rewrite them. And I think that's just kind of a part of the game and getting your name out there is important. You know, I I have a buddy that had a similar situation to that is like a famous actor liked his short film and said, Hey, can you write a script for me? That's kind of you, I'm going to give you the, the freedom to do it. Um, or, you know, the freedom for the subject matter, but there was, a, he also had five other people writing scripts for him, you know, and I don't know if my buddy's scripts is ever going to get made, but it was a cool opportunity and it really gave him some leverage, you know, um, to do the next thing. So,
2: yeah, no, absolutely. But do you have a dream? Like you know, Someone comes at you and they say, hey, we're going to relaunch Candyman or whatever. Do you have some property that you think, wow, you know, it's it's not something that's popular right now. But if someone came to me and said, oh, uh, we're relaunching Critters. Do you have a property that is like and it doesn't necessarily have to be related, but we are obviously
3: a horror show. Um, I'll keep it in the horror realm because I do like. Um, I think the one that kind of always upset me was like. They made this Tremors movie. Do you remember Tremors? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
3: It was kind of a comedy horror, which is a genre that I, I think there's just not enough of them out there. Um, And I think the sequels to that were all like straight to DVD, straight to video. And I think that that one could be one that would be just super fun to do. I mean, it's a ridiculous thing, but there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, territory there to wrap some comedy and get some good, and I think it should be rated R too, not PG 13, but get some good blood and gore out of it. And, uh, that would be one that, that, that I would jump all over.
2: Well, the opportunity is there because Kevin Bacon is apparently going to be in a Tremors TV series. that's coming up. They've been talking about it and he's oh, pretty really? serious on it. Yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. I don't know how much it flies in the face of like the last four Tremors sequels that have happened, uh, or not, but that is, yeah, that is certainly something that's out there. And, and, like, if you look at uh, James Gunn, before he got really popular from the Marvel stuff, did Slither. Uh, that seems like it's right in that kind of vein of, of weirdness. Uh, I, I'm with you. Those are the kinds of movies that I really enjoy a lot, too. And, yeah, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. And it it seems like with your what I know of your background, that that would be a good fit for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. pretty badass. Do it.
3: Yeah, I'm going to do it i'll call i'll uh, talk to kevin's agent today uh give him a ring
2: yeah just wake up i hear that everybody is connected to him by a, a minimum of of six people yeah. or something so yeah just fucking go with it shouldn't be mm-hmm. hard to find him
1: mm-hmm. i mean it's pretty easy mm-hmm. so because we did this once cory our past guest and friend matt vincent is like what two degrees away from kevin bacon which makes yeah. brett three right so there you go
3: yeah yeah. I, I don't, I don't know my degrees to Kevin Bacon. Uh, I'm sure, I, I'm sure if I sat down, I know a few people out in LA that have probably like, you know, run into him and then I could, I could tie it there. And he hasn't sexually assaulted anybody I know yet. And yet, to, you know, yet. I mean, I hope he uh,
1: hasn't. I'm not saying not that I dominant. wish that no, he no. comes <laughs> out as some like yeah, skeevy perv yeah. with a, with I a basement. A you yeah, find out that Kevin Bacon has a sign in his basement. It just says "Uncle Touchy's Basement."
3: Yeah, that'd be terrible. Wouldn't <laughs> <It'd> be good. <laughs> It'd be a terrible sign too. <laughs> yeah,
1: it sounds like everyone and their mother's touching people these days. Yeah, Corey, uh, if you come visit me in my basement, I'll get you. I'll get you the next hot roll.
2: Yeah. Oh, by the way, Brett. According to the Oracle of Bacon, your bacon number is three. What? Blanchard. Yeah. The Oracle of Bacon. Uh, this goes back to even before IMDb for me. Uh, you have to tell it to look under producers and directors, not just people who act. Oh. But uh, Brett Zebarth uh, was in Defending Madeline 2008. Is that right?
3: I directed a short film. Yeah.
2: With John Connor Brook. John Peronner, Connor Brooke was in Tribute in 2014 yeah. with mm-hmm. Lisa Wheel. And she was in Stir of Echoes in 1999
3: with Kevin Bacon. There you go. All right. Cool. I wonder if, so yeah, my, I'll have to tell my buddy uh, Connor. He's two away. Nice. The Oracle of Bacon? I'm writing that down. Is it it's just a website you go to? Yep. I, I was
2: I was surprised that it was still up. I haven't checked it in years, but it's one of those things that I think my friends came back, back in the dial-up days, came back from seeing Lost in Space in the theater, and they were trying to figure out who the, the cute girl was in it. It was Heather Graham. And they were like, oh shit, she played Mercedes. They were looking up on IMDb and they they said that they had found IMDb from the Oracle bacon. Uh, so that was, huh. at that point in time, that was like the big deal of like, this is what the internet is bringing us is we can find someone's yeah, bacon. I, number.
3: IMDb was one of the, like the early websites, wasn't it? And I've heard that and I never fact checked it, but I've heard that it was like, it's still like, to this day, it's kind of like built like something that was on GeoCities or something, but it's, I've, I've, I've heard that it's one of the real, the early, early websites, which is kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I wish cool. they had the four of them still.
3: It could not be. A, it might not be a fact, though. You, it's, people need to fact check me because I could be. Yeah,
1: wrong. if it was on the internet, it it's true.
3: I believe most things that I see and read on the internet. So, you, should.
1: <laughs> you really, really, yeah. really should. Um, yeah. what uh, what else do we do here, Corey? Uh, Matt, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking bourbon again because I'm really hungover. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to keep that going for oh, as long as you can. I want it to stop. Oh, okay. I need it to
2: is stop. It, is
3: it working?
1: No, not at all. I think I slept weird, and my neck's all out. fucking sore and weird and hurty, and I, that's yeah. that's currently the problem. So it's making my head hurt, and
3: that always yeah, happens if I drink too much and fall asleep. Like, I, for some reason, I work my neck in a wrong position. I sleep on it too long. And the whole next day on top of being hung over mm-hmm. my neck hurts which is you know it's just a double whammy there yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and as far as I know I'm the only one drinking anything because Brett's apparently taken taking the week off
3: until Thanksgiving yeah yeah I drink a less than a week Thursday before. night Friday night and last night so I'm I'm good I'm yeah I, getting I have older zero... up. my blood pressures run a little high these days yeah. I gotta you know, adult shit that is like, oh. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't plan on to after today. I don't think I'm going to drink until next weekend, so.
2: Really, yeah. you're not going to celebrate the, the gift thanks thanks for being really ripped up drunk while you're no, dealing with family and way too much food?
1: We're going down to my parents, which means I'll have to, we have to drive back, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I don't really want to stay gotcha. there. So I'll just go there, and I'll eat a bunch, and then I'll drive home, mm-hmm. and then. Take a big poop and go to sleep. There you go. Hopefully in that order. Yeah, I was like, "What order did I say the minute?" Am I <laughs> shitting in my bed in the story? Uh, could always be worse. <laughs> it I will I, be in the way. I'm going to tell it. Oh boy, I, I can say um, with all honesty, I've never gotten so drunk that I've like pissed in my shoe or pissed on the floor. Which I know people who have, and I just I don't know.
3: That's really good.
1: Pissed in other people's shoes. <laughs> Well, there was a guy I used to hang out with who would get really drunk and like piss on the shoe tray, like by their back door all the time. Wow. Yeah. Like maybe you should reevaluate your drinking, sir. Or where there you keep your shoes. <laughs> maybe you just put a toilet there instead. Yeah. Fix things for you. Um Corey, I an iced tea, I assume.
2: Uh no, I'm I'm drinking a Mountain Dew. I, I promised last week that I would try oh, to yeah. To bang one of these things out. I, I'm I'm wondering if it's past its a few years ago they started putting expiration dates on soda. I don't know if Mountain Dew actually qualifies because it's it's gonna make you feel fucked up anyways. I, I don't see one, but it's been in my fridge for almost a year probably. Ooh. Is it in a glass bottle? It is in a glass bottle. That that is the joy. Fancy. It it reminds me of fancy, my youth. Uh,
3: Mountain Dew.
1: And my sterility. You, you can uh, mm-hmm. we live uh, uh sh- close i don't know miles wise but close to the sun drop soda facility so you can find like glass bottle cases of sun drop in the grocery stores around which i think what is sun drop love. um that is a. it's like question. a sprite
2: it's 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 a lemon lime soda right is it i'm i'm looking it up real quick just
1: it's a citrus flavored soda yellowish green color Related I don't know products: ever Surge, Yellow, and Mountain I, Dew.
2: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say it's anything like Mountain Dew, but but uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's an off-brand. It's like an RC Cola version or a Fago version. It's it's,
3: uh, Faygo. it's territorial. I've never had Fago, but I, it's actually I know everybody. It's knows. pretty
1: good, in my opinion. Uh, Fago Red Pop is a way of life. Uh, never,
3: so is Rock
2: and Rye.
1: I never liked Red Pop. I did like Rock and Rye. Um, the Diet Root Beer is very good. The Diet Cream soda, the Diet Orange, pretty good. Uh, I saw someone with blue cotton candy flavored Fago. Oh yeah. <laughs> Alright. Uh, I know they, they have like a plethora of flavors.
2: Let's let's get into it. They this. do. Uh Fago is, is kind of like the more commercial local soda from from Michigan uh, like it's it's big popularized because popularized by the insane clown posse yeah, the insane clown posse like like we didn't drink fago in the 80 s before ICP was even anything right. but uh it the the lesser known in Michigan is a soda called town club which I'm not even sure still exists but the local weatherman uh Sonny elliott used to advertise town club so I always look for that when I go back because fago I can find in some places out here usually in uh, beverages and more
3: the, the, yeah, I've never seen it. I think I'd have to Amazon. I, I maybe I'll order some off of Amazon and give it out for Christmas.
1: You it's might Christmas be able gifts. to buy it just off of their website. Let me look. Um, I believe so.
2: If you have a Bevmo near you, you might check there first. But yeah, it, it it shouldn't be hard to get. It's just it's still very territorial.
1: I've, oh, I forgot they have sixty forty, which is like fifty fifty, which is like sun drop. There's a lemon lime soda. Very good um yeah i remember um spending the summer before my eighth grade year trying to find fago because i was really into icp at that time in my life and uh the dollar stores had it and now it's in the majority of the quick trip gas stations which up here it's kwik not q u i k Done by you Brett. and uh, uh what is it quick like a quick trip no. yeah yeah ours are kwik uh. and it's quick star ah. if you're in Iowa but it's a different ads. Yeah, yeah. You can buy uh Fago off of their website.
3: Did you go to Juggalo festivals and stuff when you were into I ICP? Did not.
1: I mm. still to this I'm day. I'm curious.
3: I mean, I am a little bit curious I, w- would say.
1: I and um I saw them not that long ago. Like they were in Green Bay, which is pretty close for like the 20th anniversary of one of their first records, so I'm like I'm going to go and I had a fucking ton of fun. <laughs> And they just did another one um, for the Great Milenko, but that was I was in Kansas for a wedding, so I couldn't go. Um, I never got to go to the Gathering of Juggalos. Matt Vincent, our, our show, friend of the show, has him and I talked about going because we thought that people watching would just be so fucking hilarious. Yeah, like like if you have twenty yeah. minutes to kill, uh, look up uh, American Juggalo on YouTube. And it's like a, a documentary. <laughs> I like how you're taking a note. Uh, it's a it's a documentary <laughs> about like the people there and, and like
3: I may have seen a little bit of that. It, it's, it's fucked pretty up. Pretty crazy, it isn't all in like a big dirt field yeah, too? Yeah. With like yeah, it's just, yeah it's in a It looked pretty. Like gr- it looked really gross actually. It yeah. looked like kind of unsanitary and. Uh, it looks like a place where yeah. all the toilet people
1: <laughs> would go.
2: <laughs> yeah, but look at your average Lollapalooza or the the uh, the rehash of Woodstock that they did and uh people getting raped in the
1: mud it yeah. it's yeah
3: it's not sanitary rape in the mud is definitely not sanitary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um what the fuck was i getting oh so there was a, a a news story here i think it was probably about a year ago but there was a bunch of juggalos who um to honor their fallen friend cut a girl's finger off okay. and she she like agreed to it she's like yeah, yeah let's go ahead and cut my finger off and then the uh, the main guy involved was a local rapper who goes by the name Bloody Ruckus. He put it in a freezer because he was going to eat it later. Oh man! Yeah, and they only ended up calling the police because they couldn't cauterize the wound. Uh, uh, I just can't that's what an it. iron is for. Um, I can't remember what they, they were. He was talking about like using gunpowder or something at one point, I believe. Oh yeah. Well, which would totally yeah. work, but you might like blow something. You might blow the rest of your hand off.
2: We've yeah. all seen terrible, terrible movies and assume that that's stuff would work in real life because we're educated by stupid ass films. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so- but I, I will say I respect. The ICP fans, I, I respect the Juggalos in, in, in the degree that they they love what they love and and they're very supportive. And I, I have at least a middling, you know, from far away respect for ICP in general, especially with their their free speech thing and the. Uh, fact that they're trying to protect their fans from being called gangs uh and labeled as such i i i have nothing against them other than the fact that they've been portrayed as sort of ridiculous but they enjoy that portrayal that's kind of what they put out there but it's 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 always funny to me when i see people like you or or glenn who was on last week uh, that are all like you you guys dig ICP and I've never once
1: listened to their stuff, so I can't say whether I like them or not. I just it's yeah. it, it's more, more of respective. like a nostalgia thing at this point. Like because I, I think I was in like high school at the time. I got my first underage drinking wearing a uh, ICP hockey jersey, which I'm sure made me look really cool to the police officers. <laughs> um, but it's like it's 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 more of a nostalgia thing at this point. Like I cannot listen to their new music and be like, ooh, this really speaks to me in my thirties. <laughs> <laughs> But, they, uh, I mean, they, they, they made a shtick, they made a fucking dump truck full of money yeah. off of that shtick, and they continued to do quite well. And I'll tell you what, to this day, they are one of the best concerts I've ever seen. Because they're they're, there's always something happening on stage, and like throwing the sodas, after a while, it's kind of like, cool, can we stop that? Because I'm sick of watching <laughs> yeah. for like for propelling soda bottles coming towards my face. Streber did it first with Bibles. Wait striper shook up bottles and shot them around the stage well
2: they they, they throw bibles out of that. off the stage at the audience yeah which doesn't doesn't
1: that seem sacrilegious uh i guess it doesn't matter it, it, but do you don't know <laughs> like big, big thick thick heavy bibles or just like the little the king james the bible little, the i didn't manage there. to catch one uh, i've yeah. only been
2: to a couple of uh of shows either of striper or of michael sweet solo but yeah it, doesn't matter, you know. What do they have to do? They go and they confess the next Sunday, and they're off the hook. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm googling what kind that's of Bible. That, I guess
3: striper. that's how that stuff works.
2: Or who's gonna who's gonna go to the, the police and say, "Yeah, I got hit in the face with a Bible." Well, where were you?
1: I was at a striper. Sh- oh no, I wasn't. Never mind. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what kind of Bibles they're throwing out. So apparently, Michael Scott or Michael Sweet is very uh, open about having throwing Bibles. They always will. Um, Why can't you just tell me what version of the Bible You're reading or you're throwing out
3: That's just the Old Testament probably
1: (laughs) Oh here we go Uh, Do uh, do you still throw Bibles to the crowd We always have uh, We always will We consider it to be a very important part of what we do Have you ever nailed anyone in the head We have We have to be real careful Back in the day we used to take them up So they would fly further We hurt a few people (laughs) uh uh, i know recently we were doing a gig in massachusetts and there was a guy who was carrying four beers we threw a bible and knocked all the beers out of his hand i thought that was pretty funny (laughs) that's a dick thing to say because that man probably spent 40 to 50 dollars on four beers and a
2: ticket to see your band that's also a man getting drunk at a striper concert so
1: that's (laughs) hey man nothing wrong with that I went to a, there's a there's a Christian music festival that's like down not far from my house, and they always have like a couple of really good heavy bands, and um, they don't serve beer there, and I I feel bad like wanting to go
3: there and get a beer, <laughs> but it's like <laughs>
1: ah man I'm kind of like seeing seeing a metal show I kind of want to drink
3: a couple beers but I can't yeah yeah <sighs> you could smuggle it in you could smuggle in some whiskey in a hip flask.
2: Or, or you can just I wait, and and someone will bring you the blood of Christ, and that'll be just fine.
1: Well, the yeah. the, the one year I actually went, um, no one stopped me for my ticket, and no one made me pay for parking. So this year, I'm like, I'll just waltz right in there. And there was like, it was like a dolphin's asshole. It was watertight and impossible to get into this place without tickets and parking. I was fucking pissed because it's like forty dollars for a date pass, and it's like I want to go see one band play on a dirt pile for forty five minutes. I'm not paying that much.
2: First of all, whoever enters a dolphin through the asshole, you go for the blowhole. That's
1: that's where the money is. That's where you create a nice suction and really pulls on the tip of your penis. Seriously. I think we actually made it a half an hour before the dick joke. Nope. No. Twenty-nine minutes and twenty-seven seconds.
3: Close. Well, Close.
1: No record set today. No, no, no.
2: Um, hey, for more on this podcast, including show notes, contact info, and subscription Go to gncast.com slash pot and to chat with us during uh, the show. You can go to gncast.com slash sign up and join our Slack channel. And while you're there, you can all subscribe to the uh, Galactic Network's newsletter.
1: Yep. This uh, week, we're going to talk about a movie based on a popular Billy Idol song, Eyes Without a Face. See what I did there? Thanks for the crickets, awesome. jackasses. Yeah.
2: I'm just glad that you had to do it because you didn't even know what I was referencing I when I asked I, you I told, the other day, I told Brad, but...
1: I'm like, didn't know that Billy Idol wrote a song or had a, a song with the same name. You thinking. had
2: no idea that Billy Idol, the singer, wrote a song
1: called "Eyes Without a Face." Oh, okay. finish, finish the fucking sentence.
2: <laughs> it's,
3: it's, one his, it's one of his slow ones. I understand, you know, if you haven't. Listened I'm not to like it. a big Billy Idol fan.
2: I'm it was his like...
3: first.
2: It was his first major hit, and on top of that, he actually. The the chorus of the song has the title of this movie as it was in its original French, uh, "Les Usans vissage Is well, he, don't, try he and, got don't try the and, name and, of the song from the movie.
1: Don't try and that makes sense. This podcast up with speaking French.
2: I probably butchered that anyways. Yeah, you probably. Yeah, I'm
3: just going to pronounce all of the actors' uh, names in their English version. French. Yeah, like the director is. Uh, George's French I'm just gonna call him George. Yep. <laughs> George Franju. I don't, I don't blame I, How do you say George's in in, in French?
1: George. 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 Just take George. a swatch of peanut butter and put it on the roof of your mouth, and then say the name. Say the Americanized name. So say George with peanut butter in your mouth. And I think that's how you do
2: it. <laughs> that's how you do it. <laughs> it. It is. Is that creamy or crunchy?
1: Depends on the mood. I prefer creamy, crunchy. Then you get the the nuts stuck in your teeth.
2: It probably depends on your diet. Yeah,
1: that too. And then if you it depends on the jam or the jelly you're using. Sometimes you got seeds in there. When you got the crunchy nuts and the seeds combating each other, it's just you got to go preserves. You're having a you civil war in preserves. your mouth over over textures. It's just a lot of control. Uh, so I did point out to Brett when we started talking this morning or this morning earlier today about how I did not know that this was a a French movie. With subtitles,
3: the I forgot to ask if you could read. I, there's, yeah, common, I forgot I, to
1: clarify. My wife was reading them to me because I cannot read. Um, I, I was trying to read lips, and she doesn't move her mouth a lot. It got real difficult. But uh, the uh, the state of my head this morning <laughs> made everything much worse. Um. So well, you could have.
2: And, and yeah. this is stuff that I realized after I was already watching it. You could have watched the American release of
1: the movie. Well, Brett, uh, Brett told me that it was in
2: 1962.
1: Brett told me if I didn't watch the Criterion Collection oh. version, he would come to my house and set my house on fire.
3: <laughs> it's true.
2: Um, yeah, for people who don't know, this movie was released uh, under the title The Horror Chamber of Dr. Faustus, which I would have actually recognized that, although I hadn't seen it Um But if you're wondering what we're talking about, this came out in 1960 in France and then was released in the States and released in, uh, I think, Germany as well. And three of the things that it had to kind of tone down from the book that it was based on were all things that were individually decried in one of those places. So in France, they didn't want to uh, have too much blood. Um, Because they thought it wouldn't get past the censors there. In America, they didn't want to have too much violence against the animals because it wouldn't have gotten past the censors here. And then in Germany, they didn't want to have the mad scientist angle explored too much uh, because Germans are fucking crazy. And so they had to tone each of those things down to make the movie what it was. And then it still got panned for a long time.
3: They cut it uh, for the uh, American release. They cut the... um the the main scene where he's performing the facial surgery that was completely cut out. And they also cut out the scene where he was sitting with the little boy because they didn't want the bad guy or the, the villain to have a sympathetic side. So those were the two things they pulled out of it for the American release. The, uh, which actually was one
2: of the better parts of the movie because it made you feel that there was empathy in this person yeah. Yeah. and yeah. it shows that he's not completely evil yeah. Um. And everything he's doing that is really evil is is all for the purpose of trying to protect and take care
1: of his daughter. Yeah. It uh. The the scene where they were cutting the chick's face off was like quite gruesome for the time. Yeah. So I I was a little surprised that like because I had read the, I had read the tidbit about where they didn't want it to be that bloody because of the American censors. And uh, they started cutting her face off, like shortly thereafter. And I'm like, well, "This isn't that bad. It's just like a little blood." And then it like cuts back, and they're like peeling her face off with multiple tongs.
3: Yeah, it's pretty rough. I mean, that I've this is my second time to watch it, and the first time I was, yeah, it struck me. I mean, I was it impacted me. I was like, "Wow, this is something that you would see, you know, in a modern film." And it, you know, the the reason I said watch the criterion version is a really nice restoration they really did a good job and so some of it does feel very modern i felt like the some of the camera movements and um even some of the lighting some of the dramatic lighting uh was is really nicely done and it felt like something that you know could have been put out more recently it doesn't feel so dated um anyway Brett, do you want
2: to give us a little bit of a rundown of the plot of this before we go much further so that people who, unfortunately, who have not seen this yet uh, and are deciding to, uh, give them ideas of what we're talking about?
3: Oh, did you ask me to do that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I can try. Um, (sighs) So uh, the the film basically centers around a kind of a renowned plastic surgeon, uh, doctor um, somewhere in France. I guess, I don't know if it says exactly where they, um, they
2: reference Paris a lot.
3: Okay. Yeah. It's, it's maybe a chateau outside of Paris. It looks like, yeah. um, and he is basically, he's trying to find young, a young woman who has, uh, an attractive young woman whose face he can remove. To transplant onto his daughter's face, uh, who has been, um, I guess, disfigured in a car wreck. And the daughter somewhat blames uh, the doctor for that that tragedy. Um, And so, yeah, the the, the plot sort of centers around trying to uh, restore his daughter's identity, I guess I could say.
2: Um, Yeah. And he has performed this operation or a similar one before with his assistant, who is helping him dispose of the women that he's, he's operated on. Um, they get rid of the bodies, and she's completely loyal to him because he gave her a new face. And the only uh, thing that she has that kind of makes it obvious is that she's got a scar on her neck, and that's why she wears these pearls uh, like a choker around her neck, which is something that's used to identify her later on. Um, but yeah, so they're doing these things. She's loyal to the doctor. The doctor is doing this for his daughter's sake, uh, because he was, he blames himself for the car accident that disfigured her. His daughter is considered when they find the first body, when the police find the first body, he identifies it as his daughter, knowing full well that it's not. Um, and all the women that they kidnap have some features similar to his daughter. And that's what leads the police to investigate him further as it goes along, although the police never really get too far into this up until they involve.
3: No, they're not. <laughs> they're, uh, they're actually kind of like, what are these guys thinking?
2: Yeah, one of them's name yeah. uh Perot, which I was thinking of Inspector Poirot, uh, who have just been like getting into that the mystery stuff lately again, but no, not good. They just sit around and smoke the whole time. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they so get a random girl who's a shoplifter and they say, hey, we're gonna send yeah. you into uh the, the midst of a killer uh yeah. to, to get out of your shoplifting charges and stuff it's like oh you sons of bitches yeah. and then they completely lose track of her they don't like yeah keep you don't think they'd be
3: like following okay. her and then he, he's just sitting in his office smoking and they get a call and they're like oh she's been left she's been she left the hospital and it's like wait a minute I thought you would be tracking her to keep tabs and yeah all of a sudden she's getting about to get her face cut off as well so yeah big oops on the uh detective work there yeah
2: but the the imagery of the the movie is the daughter going around wearing this featureless mask uh mm-hmm. which i i read is is part of the inspiration that john carpenter used for michael myers in halloween uh, I can see that? as i kept looking at her i kept thinking she looked just like mia farrow in rosemary's mm-hmm. baby
3: mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah i remember like the the movie poster was totally something i have seen time and time and time again but i have never seen this movie until now and you know jury's out on how i feel about that Brett. but uh what,
3: the movie because i didn't tell you it was in french <laughs> I, didn't <think> it was,
1: <laughs> I, I don't know if it was the fact that it was french and i don't care about subtitles like i do really enjoy pan's labyrinth and that's all subtitled yeah um I just don't know if I like this movie. <laughs> okay, but uh, it's also I think part of it being kind of artsy is lost on me because the French are artsy as fuck, and I am yeah. just a dumb, stupid American.
2: Well, That's the fun. the director
1: uh, who had only done
2: documentaries before this uh, didn't really consider it a horror movie. Uh, he he felt that the story wasn't leaning towards that. It was it was more about the the, the critical nature of of a doctor that's gone over the edge to protect his daughter but it, it's not what was the movie we did just a couple weeks ago the cure for wellness yeah <sighs> i mean is it it's it's sort of similar to that uh except the doctor isn't trying to have sex with his daughter uh or anything <laughs> else but it, it it felt it felt like there were a lot of similarities between those two as i was watching it it's like the the far away kind of castle thing that he's in and Uh in his big house and holding people against their will and using it to cure his, his child uh, for whatever reasons. Brett, have you seen a cure for wellness?
3: No. Should I?
2: Don't ask
1: me. I did not like that (laughs) movie. You didn't like it. I know, but our guest loved it.
3: That's recent. I mean, that was out in the theaters like this year, right? Two two years ago, 2016.
1: That's uh, last year. Shut up, Corey, (laughs)
3: <laughs> it's, How long it's over almost, are you? it is almost 2018 so we'll give you some well you i th- i
1: want to say it was early 2016 i'm looking okay. right in february 16th oh no holy shit it came out this year february 2016 20- 2017 i
3: thought it was like just in the theaters yeah, yeah. And i remember seeing it and i thought it was a longer ago
1: um yeah so okay so it's it's less than a year old <laughs> yeah. Times, yeah holy shit <laughs>
2: uh, yeah it wasn't it wasn't our cup of tea. We had a lot of critical things about it. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, As as a filmmaker, I could see watching it just to see the cinematography.
1: Um, But it was very weird. But if you want to talk about the look of this movie, like I thought it looked very good for being an older movie. You know, I don't black and white doesn't bother me. Like I don't need color to like enjoy something. Um, So yeah, that that didn't bother me. I'm sure I watched a, a very diligently restored version of it, but like, I mean, anyways, said, it look more modern.
2: We we just did young Frankenstein. It looked more modern than that. Yep. Yep.
3: Yeah. That's, that's one thing that struck me about it the first time I saw it. And you know, you compare it to like, I mean, obviously when looking at a film from 1960, there's context that's important and you start looking at some of the other films that came out around that time You know, even things that like Hitchcock was doing and things like that, which sometimes feel really stiff. And that's what I liked about this is it doesn't feel so stiff and old. It feels like and again, a lot of it has to do with, I think, the atmosphere and the tone Um, and the dialogue seeds are actually pretty peppy. They're kind of, you know, they're not they're not these long things. There's a there's a little bit where they're just kind of explaining the plot, um, you know, expository dialogue. But a lot of it is it moves along really nicely. And the camera work is a little, you know, is on dollies, you know, and follows the actors around, which I think lends to kind of a more modern feel. And, and um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that part of this one.
2: Yeah, it never goes super crazy with the the science fiction uh, evil doctor. The, the mad scientist stuff doesn't come no. into place. So it doesn't look yeah. weird and dated for that of like those, those things are just electricity shooting up, sparking and stuff and, and all the beakers and all that. Yeah. It, he's no, he's it a, like a
3: creepy basement where you would cut somebody's face off. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like a mob doctor. <laughs> yeah, and It's
2: really it. Um, the other weird thing is, and it's not weird in the context of what he's doing, but he's got a room that's full of dogs that yeah. are all in cages yeah. and, dubs. um yeah. and the reason being is that he uses them to practice for his experiments doing the skin grafting and stuff uh so it makes sense but it's just weird that you see this room just like all these dogs in these mm-hmm. really barbaric looking cages mm-hmm. uh that the only one who goes to visit them and give them any comfort is the daughter which makes sense because she's alone mm-hmm. she can't go outside of the house because the world it thinks has to think that she's dead and um, her fiance thinks she's dead. She keeps trying to call him and can't speak to him. Yeah. And she's cut off. So all she really has, besides her father and his assistant,
1: is is these animals.
3: Yeah, you're gonna like this movie by the end of this conversation, Matt. And
1: that that's happened more, <laughs> more than once, where you know Corey shuds because I, I you we're, I,
3: were I, too hungover to enjoy it.
1: But I, I always I very much just I like things at face value. Like I don't really look deep into things i'm just a, a dumb stupid idiot just... but this is without a face <laughs> <laughs> oh god cory you
2: deserve that one yeah, you god. absolutely deserve this one i'm gonna give you one more thing that i i learned on wikipedia from i hope it's a reach round. uh it's better than that it is what? our nick cage connection of the movie which is are they redoing it? john woo John Woo pulled from this movie stuff from the ideas uh, of this went into the making of Face Off, including there is the scene where the daughter is walking off into the woods at the end, and she's carrying a dove. And John Woo was like involving doves into Face Off, and and a bunch of his other stuff too.
3: There's uh, doves in every every slow yeah. motion sequence. There's will be a, there'll be a dove flying around, and <laughs>
2: it is apparently it, it in in some respect someone wrote down on wikipedia that it has something to do with this movie of faces coming off and getting switched between people and uh and also doves were in it so that is our <sighs> face off owes to this film i don't know if that's going to make you feel better or worse
3: <laughs> i i think it's great I, I mean i love i love face off i saw it in the theater i mean it's 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 a terrible movie but i do enjoy it when it's on yeah. you know it's one I, it's a it's a good bad movie i uh yeah, I always
2: loved seeing John Travolta play a villain because he just goes batshit crazy at yeah. any role and, and it's like
3: it's fun to watch. No
2: subtlety. No subtlety yeah. at all.
3: Yeah. yeah, very one note, but uh, no, that's awesome. That's a nice little connection. I didn't make that one. It but looks similar be- when they take their faces off in face off. It like, yeah. looks similar. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, it doesn't seem unlikely that this could have been part of the the inspiration for it. It's just like i john woo to 1960 french film never would have guessed but it makes sense yeah
3: that's
2: awesome so it's got some good pedigree
0: hey guys jack and dan here from we studios where WePodcast.com, podcast.com we podcast.com we've got a uh, a bunch of shows we got a podcast about 90s we got a podcast about the simpsons what we don't have is a podcast of terror no that's why you're here listening to Podcast of terror but if you want the other things
2: go to podcast.com you'll you'll hear us you like the sound of our voices? Well, come listen to our podcast. Maybe you'll like the things we say when we're not on Podcast of Terror.
3: And we're very eloquent.
1: Yep. Gordy, you have to drive this conversation. I, this,
3: I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, can, just, I can drive a little bit. Go
1: for more, it. Uh, I yeah, I just... Deep deep I have to no, I mean, nothing,
3: nothing like mind-blowing, but as far as just complimenting the film, uh, something that... Um, I felt like they... You know, in, in, in older movies, before audiences were so impatient uh i felt like they had a, a a good 40 to 50 minutes of suspense just kind of building up to the reveal of what her face looked like and and uh i i just really when you watch new you know newer films they just throw it all at you and and it's always just nice for me to go back and watch a film and just watch how they build the suspense and they have that kind of creepy like uh it's almost like carnival music. And then that whole scene where she's talking to her, her daughter and we still don't get to see her face. She's her daughter's laying face down in bed and she, we still don't get to see her face. And finally the reveal I thought was really clever. Uh, The, um, the kidnapped girl is laying in the dungeon and she's like slowly opening her eyes and the reveal of, of um, well, let's just call her uh, Christian. That's right. Um, The real, the reveal of her, distorted face it's kind of blurry and it's not it's not right up in your face you know it's it's it and that reveal i thought was really clever and um yeah i just appreciate when these old films do this and i don't know i feel like we can take a cue from that uh as in, in the modern world
2: yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't try to trick you it doesn't try to um try to dance around anything to do like a big scary reveal at the end of like, Oh, and this is what it looks like when they take Mm -hmm. Jason's mask off for the first time. It it's, it's again, it's, it's shot very tastefully for what it is. And yeah, they do leave you with some suspense of waiting, Mm -hmm. but it's not like this hyper buildup of like, and then you're going to see it. And that's going to be when you scream. Although it was for the, the person who first saw our face. Uh, And and that was passed out in the theater.
3: people, I mean back in yeah when they were started cutting the face people fainted in the movie theater yeah so. which
2: we know from Matt's conversation earlier it was all done with strawberry preserves <laughs> It really is how it looked I mean it, it, it the is effects in it, it, 1960 yeah. were yeah just to see anything like this on the screen was a big deal the, the, the effects and stuff we we weren't quite there yet with you know nah. what's it going to look like when you cut off somebody's face oh i've got a guy that's all he does all day <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other thing you were saying about the music, uh, the, the music for this was Maurice Gere, uh, J-A-R-R-E. Um, J-A-R-R-E. I was taken by the music that every time it's playing when the assistant is in the car, either getting rid of a body or picking up another woman to take back to be the next uh, face donor, it, it's very jaunty, like a carnival kind mm-hmm. of tune, mm-hmm. um, which is strange in and of itself and then it's it's a lot more morose w- the rest of the time but yeah. the the composer for it is a famed composer he did the music for lawrence of arabia and dr shivago and uh gorillas in the mist and a lot of other stuff he's, he's won several uh i think academy awards for his music so it's it's so weird to see this is one of the places where he got his start uh, but the music did stand out. It was just it seemed like it's such an odd choice for something that, you know, is like, here's here's someone who's dead and here's someone being led to their death. And but I could really I found this tune light and bouncy and easy to dance to. So I'll give it a seven, Dick. It it was <laughs> like, OK. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, I thought it, I thought it was creepy and uh, I thought it served that sort that purpose well. there's no, you know, I guess the thing is too, we, we know what a horror score sounds like now, but back in 1960, you know, there was no precedent for a lot of these things. So a lot of it's trial and error and let's see what, see what works. Like, how does this, how does this affect the audience's mood? How does this work with this scene? And, you know, now it's like, and I'm not just talking shit about modern film. I mean, but like, you know, there are definite, Uh, there are definite ways to get like a jump scare or or how a horror film sort of builds that into it. And back then, you know, it's all new territory. It's fresh.
2: Yeah. This movie came out the same year as Hitchcock's psycho did and, and psycho we reviewed it, uh, I think almost two years ago now on here. And there's certainly an amount of lightness to a lot of it. And it takes a long time to get to the part where you start to realize what the movie's about. If you, if you didn't go in having a, a synopsis. Um, and so there's there's a very different feeling to what is considered a horror film from that era to what we're used to now, where it's like you're immediately seeing someone. Often people get killed in modern horror movies before the credits start to roll uh, at the beginning of the movie. So this is we we start out with this with a dead body, but we don't know the context of it until we go along. And it's mm-hmm. it's not so and forgive me for this in your face as you would expect uh from things now and so that that kind of it makes a difference in the storytelling yep. i find it very interesting
3: so matt you didn't you didn't like it are you liking it more now that we're talking about it, or are you no no i no.
1: i just um I'm trying to think, like specifically why I didn't like it. It was it was kind of slow and clunky at times, in my opinion. So, but it but and that's the thing. Like, it, it's really hard to be like, well, this movie was really slow. It was in the '60s. Yeah, movies overall were different back then. It's so we we didn't have the ability to play with our phones. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> There's that. Um, it could have been partially my condition. Um. There, there just like wasn't anything in the movie that made me like really want to go back and and watch it again. Um,
2: well, it's also very cut and dry. It's yeah. not like it's leaving you with a lot of like, oh, I, I missed that part the first time I need to go back and catch that. it's it's obvious in what it's doing. It's not hiding anything and and what you see is what you get. I think it's a mm. it's a good story, but again, we're we're forty, fifty years away from it now. Oh, geez crap we're 60 years away from it almost uh that our our perceptions of what we see in in any film let alone horror films have been altered uh it's not as quaint as as going back to the silent movies but it is still compared to even stuff from the 70s when we started seeing the the first things like the town that dreaded sundown the the initial one or the first uh halloween like those things changed yeah, to me a lot. And and um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they changed the expectations of what a horror movie was. They mm-hmm. they brought a, a quaking, terrifying aspect to movies that I don't think existed before that. Um, and while this is so rooted in reality that it doesn't try to overdo anything that it's it's trying to tell us in the story that it almost feels like, oh, well, it's 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 just fine it's it's not scary in in any way or shape or form but i can be i can feel empathy
1: for the people who are scared in the movie right and one thing i can't say that they did well was um making it seem like this is something that could really happen like there isn't really anything that's too over the top um there really could be a doctor who's trying to cut the face off of someone to put on his daughter because his daughter was in an accident um especially the part where he puts the face on her and then it goes through like all the pictures where it's like, Oh, this is day two or day three. And the, you know, the skin's starting to die and it's not really working. And then basically ends up back at square one. Uh, I
3: thought those effects looked pretty good actually. in yeah. those stills mm-hmm. that where the, I mean, it was, you know, again, they don't have teams of people who are, you know, ready to make, what is it? Necrotic. Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. Skin, you know, skin. And, um, and I thought that, I mean, again, it was just a still, but, Looked pretty good. Still, um,
1: they still had to make it. Yeah, to take the picture. Um,
3: the, well, they. Uh, yeah. it, she was in makeup three hours every day for that mask. So what? that that mask was she wore that all day. She'd get in, and that was a thick that was fixed to her face. And she had to drink her lunch through a straw. They gave her like smoothies and stuff. Um, and so she was just walking around on set with that mask on all day, um, and. Yeah. So there was, I mean, it might seem like, I mean, there was some makeup work obviously that was kind of advanced because trying to get that, I guess, to stay on all day and hot lights and things like that back then movie lights are so hot. I mean, now movie lights are getting better because there's led and stuff, but mm. you step on a set back then and you have these, light, it took so much light to get an exposure on these old black and white uh, film stocks. So yeah. Anyway, kind of cool. You're trying to make me feel yeah, it- bad.
1: Like I didn't like it. And she just, <laughs> was wearing, like, a big piece of bologna on her face all day?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Why do
1: you think
2: dog's That's like her? That's goal to get yes. on this
3: job and make Matt feel
1: Did uh, either of you watch The Office, like, a lot?
3: Oh, yes. Do you remember when... I watched
1: it till about the time Michael left. Okay. Do you remember when Dwight, like, was making the Silence of the Lambs reference and had, like, the piece of bologna on his face? Because yeah. that this mask oh. looked very similar to...
2: Uh, let's see if I can find a picture. Wasn't that also in Dumb and Dumber? Or
1: or one of the Jim Carrey
2: movies? Uh, I feel like he It's a Yeah.
1: Cable guy. Yeah, he puts the chicken skin on his face at uh, yeah. Medieval Times. Yeah. Uh,
2: I don't feel bad that I got that wrong.
1: That was pretty I easy to to find. Um, Let's see here. Let me minimize my pornography and I'll show you this. Sure. <sighs> That. Yeah. Yeah. That looks
2: that yeah. looks way it that looks Texas chainsaw more than that looks like a land. piece of bologna, right? Well, yeah, but that <laughs> Texas chainsaw leather face definitely it feels similar. Uh, yeah. so the first skin graft was actually performed in nineteen seventeen. So I guess it's by the time nineteen sixty rolls around, it probably still wasn't a a widely done thing and, and certainly not replacing an entire face, but I, I was sort of surprised of like is this considered science fiction at this point is this something that you know at that at that time we didn't know this is something that we'd actually be doing medically or not uh, because the way he's practicing it it seems like he came up with it and he was the one who's trying to perfect it but mm-hmm. it, I guess it was well at more well known than that
3: well he was trying to do a whole face. He was really getting in there with those... those When he was really lifting that thing off there, that was pretty, pretty nasty. He was really... Had, to, had those little tongs clipping on. Yeah. It's hard to remove a whole face in one go. Not and just time. this week, there
2: was stories going around about the first human head transplant. Uh, so...
3: Was like, it a success?
2: I don't know if it actually happened or if it was even real, but Surgeon Plan's first human head transplant in 2017... Uh, story started coming out September 21st, and two days ago, uh inspired by Frankenstein, claims he has completed the first head transplant on a corpse. Well, that's wow. great. You know, I, yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. I can attach <laughs> tons of things to a corpse.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I think uh, I've heard about that. He's like an Italian doctor, and he says he needs a team of 50 people on hand to move fast enough to do it. I think I read about that a while ago.
1: But, and there's, but if you're sewing a head onto a corpse, like,
3: well, he would sew a head onto a, a fresh cadaver or I don't, know.
1: I don't know what would he sew a head onto? Well, think about it though. You'd have to sew like the throat. You'd have to like fuse the, the, the spine. Yeah. And then you'd have to, you'd have to, ah, oh, man, that'd be, that'd be a lot of fucking work. What else runs through there?
3: Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Ev- everything
1: yeah what do you have to like do you have to like glue um, blood vessels and shit together like I don't
3: I honestly don't don't don't
1: think it's fucking possible (laughs) well he says says that the it's
2: the point is to do it on someone who's already paralyzed from the waist down so uh, how much are you losing at that point
3: (laughs) (laughs) If, if, if your life is well still I mean I don't know I'd rather have I mean that would suck to be quadriplegic but at the same time i think i'd say- no it, it's
2: it's still a life and it, it just depends yeah. on your outlook on it but i could definitely see volunteers of like this yeah, is being
3: like this isn't the life i want yep mm-hmm. for sure sure
1: we have uh, any other points you guys want to make on the movie There's we can rate it
2: uh just hey uh maybe don't shoplift in France if uh, if it seems like <laughs> then they're going to send you to get your face cut off by some weird doctor and and them not give a shit about you. Oh, first dye your hair. It's like, mm-hmm. well, we need to be blonde for this. Uh, okay.
3: <laughs> the, the real <laughs> villains exactly. in this movie were the, were the police.
1: Yeah. They're the true villains. That's a very good point. <sighs>
2: what is French for fuck the police? Uh, Google Translator. <laughs> and and is there, uh, oh, God damn it! I can't even think of his name. Is there an iced tea in France?
1: Wine. Hmm? It's just wine. Just wine. I don't know just how to everything. speak French. by bye, bye say, la police. That sounds almost poetic.
3: Sounds really nice. Yeah. La police? Where was she going He's with the doves off. at the end? That's my last question, I guess. the The one answer that we don't have is where was she going with those doves at the end? Where was she going to take them? I mean,
1: she was going to take them to where doves cry. I guess so.
2: Right. By the way, I love how I amalgamated Ice T and Ice Cube by, by talking about "fuck the police," which is N.W.A. Um, but I was thinking I of like I was thinking of uh. Ice T's when he was in the, the whatever band. He was. He did cop killers. Oh, body that's count. Right.
3: Yeah,
1: yep. Apparently, body count's good. I don't believe it, but I've heard. And 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 then he makes
2: his career essentially by playing a cop on TV for the next twenty years.
3: Yeah, sweet, well, sweet irony. Yeah, I guess he was kind of. There's a bit of acting in his uh, rap character a little bit too. I think that some of that was actually acting as well.
2: You're telling me that, that all of the, the I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm all... hardcore rappers aren't
1: actually truly gangsters. I, I don't know what to say to that. There's a funny movie. I think it's funny. You guys may not. I haven't I've been watching in a really long time, so I gotta put I gotta put this down right right on a little list to make sure I watch it.
2: If you tell me Malibu's
1: most wanted, I'm gonna eject you. <laughs> I'm not i'm not uh it's it's called fear of a black hat it oh, w- yeah yeah yes yeah, yeah, yeah so it was like cb4 a long,
3: long, long time yeah
1: yeah my brother like brought it home from family video one time when i was a kid and they finally released it on dvd not that long ago but it was it's about nwh they're uh n, n- words with hats <laughs> and like there's a scene where they're at like a grade school with their rival rap group and uh they basically just go back and forth, being like, "How oh, is this guy a gangster?" Goes, he, he was, he was like the editor of the yearbook, and was, this guy was on like the tennis team, and they like pulled a yearbook picture of him with like a sweater tied around his neck. That was good. Made me think of that. Yeah, it's, it's really-
2: basically like the rap version of this is Spinal Tap.
3: I don't want to diminish some of the the lives of some of these these rappers That's- had pretty 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 rough. The, parts of uh, yeah
1: that's a very good compton. point so
3: i hear unless compton is you know I, i've never been there and it could all that could all be you know fake news and it could be like the nicest part of town i don't know i've never been
1: there. <laughs> just, they put up like <laughs> shit pictures when the, the helicopters fly over during a shooting yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm not to say that like not every rapper is yeah. had their fair share of hardship it's just i think to some extent some of the rappers it, it's kind of played up oh for sure to to be that's like you know the uh um are either of you familiar with the band deicide no okay very very prominent death metal band the singer has a upside down cross tattooed on his forehead Mm -hmm. uh claims to be like just a stark satanist um celebrates christmas with his family
2: yeah so it's like all the people golfing with alice cooper
3: yeah
1: that, Yeah. that's the other thing so i think to to some extent you kind of have to create a character if you're going to be doing some of these extreme things you know glenn yeah. benton you can't be celebrating christmas if you think you're a satanist just throwing yep. that out there do you guys want to rate this thing now yes okay yeah brett as our guest you have to go first uh we we go strictly to a zero to five scale and you can justify your number if you wish or not you can do whatever the fuck you want and decimals are allowed decimals are allowed do okay. only one decimal point.
3: Not two. Not a four I mean, you point. could.
1: If it's a quarter, you know, you could go a two-five or a, a seven-five. I got but, you. But I don't what? want any, you know, f- 3.666 repeating, of course.
3: Okay. Gotcha. Um, well, I'll keep it simple. I'm going to go four stars. Uh, the one weakness I do think is the, um, the detective side of the story. I think that that could have been, A, it's rid- a little bit ridiculous, but – I feel like it was kind of a missed opportunity there and it would have been added to the suspense if the detectives were kind of hot on the trail and, and it just feels like, I mean, this is going to sound mean, but it feels very French. Like they're just sitting in their office smoking and it's like, okay, well there's a crime. People are get, you know, people are disappearing. And so that's, um, docking it a star for that, but I did really like the tone, um, and the, the mood and, and, uh, I thought, for the time period, it's, uh, yeah, really solid film.
2: Yeah. The cops sitting there and, and like, so they, they call in two people to identify the first body when they find her. And then they call in the doctor and they call in what is the actual victim's, uh, father. And once a doctor who gets here like five minutes ahead of him says, Oh no, that is definitely my daughter. They don't to just try. They don't have the father go look at the, the body either. It's like, nope, yeah. already been identified. You can go home. It's like, I drove all yep. the way here to see if this is my dead child. You think maybe <laughs> you can give me just a second to check? Nope, we don't want to fuck around with the answer we just got. And then yes. continuously, hey, more girls are dying. Let's let's hope that that doesn't keep happening. But I'm sure that they're all still the same girl, you know, just from the last time. Do we call him yeah. the daughter for this one? Or the doctor, not the doctor, the dad for this girl, like from the last time? And just go down the line like, oh, yeah, sure. That's my daughter since uh, I didn't get to see the last one just somehow give us some fucking closure. Well, uh yeah, the cops were were bad. They were they were But the, it, it also feels like that's cops in almost all horror movies is oh, someone's murdering you in true. your house right now? No, you true. 10 years ago one of you called from this number and and told us some bullshit story and came and checked it out. So we can't believe for a second that there's actually a murder in your house at this moment. Uh go to hell and if you call again we're arresting you. Uh, If I call again, can you come out here to get me to arrest me so that maybe you can also stop the murderer who's trying to kill me right now? Nope. That's not how we do things. You will have to come turn yourself in uh, if you're not dead in the morning.
3: (sighs) It was just setting the trend for all horror films to come. Cops in all horror films to come is just completely useless.
2: Yep. But I loved all the smoking. Just not enough of that. Just like, just everybody, like. Every time the doctor's talking about anything, he's got that dramatic cigarette. He's like Horatio caning it with cancer oh the whole fucking time. It, it's just perfect. That is so utterly French to me. Um, yeah, I, it's it's hard to rate this as a modern movie on a modern scale. Uh, but but being forgiving and showing it for the what were original ideas at the time and everything, I'm going to go three
1: um yeah i mean so i give it a two and a half now my gripes are based solely on kind of the story like if you look at it in terms of uh how it looked um the acting wasn't bad i don't mind subtitles it it wasn't that it was just the story was kind of dry to me now the story was very unique like you haven't really seen anything similar since You, you see things that kind of Grab from this but you haven't seen like a direct rip off of the entire story so it's not the worst movie it's definitely not the worst movie that we've watched um i'm just looking oh that
3: was at my some... goal was to bring the worst movie no i'm trying to think. really so um
1: <laughs> that's what dave usually brings us mike mike <laughs> diaz and billy brought Pumpkinhead, which got really okay. shitty numbers um dave nelson manos the hands of fate was the first one did we actually watch Pumpkinhead? Yeah, and I don't remember that. I don't
3: that think you were on that one. Oh yeah,
1: Corey, you weren't there. Um, ah, and Grave of the Vampire was the other one that uh, Dave made us watch. But yeah, Corey, you were not there for Pumpkinhead. Wow, where the fuck? Was I oh, in you were. Yeah, yeah, you were in Michigan. Uh, my name okay. is Billy Hiller. Yep, uh, back in March. I feel bad that I missed that. That's
2: one of my wife's favorite movies Ooh. of all time.
1: You should tell her to find better movies. I no, that's that's never how it's gonna work. <laughs> Yeah, I was not a fan of that one. Um, Yeah. Corey, you want to read the outro?
2: Yeah, so uh, how do we do things here? Uh, We ran the movie. You can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. You can email us at pot at gncast.com. You can leave us a message on the website as well. Uh, We would appreciate hearing from you. What is a classic movie that you think uh, has been maybe copied so much that it it feels like old fashioned now in comparison, but what is your favorite oldest horror movie that you've seen? Now, some of you are going to say, Oh yeah, that, that saw movie is the oldest horror movie I've seen. <laughs> and, and I'm just going to, I'm going to fucking expunge in daylight, like fucking Dracula because I'm older than dust. Uh, but still, Ed, we, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you think about uh, this films and others. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram we are at podcast of terror you can also subscribe to us via iTunes stitcher google play or your favorite podcatcher you can leave us feedback there uh, or at podchaser.com which is the new website that I'm trying to help uh, push to the forefront because I hate iTunes Uh, all subscription (laughs) options and links can be found at GNcast.com slash subscribe and you can join our Facebook group for the
1: network under galactic network. Also, it's the season to purchase arbitrary gifts for each other. So we took the time to set up an uh, Amazon Amazon link. So you can go shop at Amazon, spend money like you're already going to do. It costs you nothing. It'll give us a little something to offset the amount of money and time that Corey and I have put into this. Not that we don't like doing it, but I now have more mixers and microphone cables than I know what to do with. Yeah, he definitely doesn't know what to do with them because every time we try to shut up the show, he's like, how the fuck do I do this again? <laughs> yeah, every time we we start recording, I have to remember how to do what knobs and dials and... So we need to get mad an intern. <laughs> preferably blonde. Yes, preferably male. Male, uh, male. male blonde intern. But yeah, go to amazon.podcast.com, shop like you normally would, um, purchase as much pornography as you can get into your Amazon cart, and then we get a little kickback and it continues to uh, keep us free.
2: We are not proud. We we will not deny. You buy a butt plug on Amazon, and they have them. Uh, we will take that kickback. We can, will
1: absolutely. You can also purchase the Great American Challenge, which is like a 18-inch long black dildo. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the name, um, but that is on Amazon. Uh, I, do I like more... how America takes credit for it, too. It's a Great <laughs> American Challenge.
2: It, it might be when some... you know that thing's full-on Canadian
1: no it's really nice it apologizes if it hurts you and it even cooks you breakfast in the morning um Mm -hmm. brad thanks again for coming to hang out uh where can people find you and your brewery and your your upcoming movies and nude photos
3: yeah um it was fun to be on this show again um hope hope you guys can keep it going um yeah i'm here in austin texas and the brewery it's a brew pub Uh, we'll be slinging uh our own beers, about five or six taps of our own beers and pizzas, um, and we will hopefully be opening our doors in early January, um, and that is on the east side of Austin. Describe
2: your pizzas. side
3: we're actually doing um, kind of a—I don't know if you've heard of these—they're a New Jersey bar style pizza. Uh, they're very thin. Look this up because they're they're. Uh, they're delicious. Very thin crust cheese goes all the way out to the edge. You cook them in a pan, but the cheese gets nice and crispy on the edges. Uh, are personal pies, we're not doing anything like, you know, giant pieces. These are going to be, it's going to be food that will fill your belly so that you can drink our beers. And that's the goal. We're trying to keep it uh, affordable. We're not trying to, you know, do anything too fancy. We just want to, we want people, people to be able to come in with 20 bucks, be able to get a little food and a couple beers in their belly. And, uh, that's kind of a hard thing to find t- these days.
2: If you stagger uh, out the door and throw up, we want it to taste good coming out.
3: Yes, exactly.
1: I'm rock hard yeah. for New Jersey style <laughs> pizza.
3: Oh, you, you see it. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. Uh, I'm,
1: tra- <laughs> I'm frantically trying to find the address to our office down there so I can figure out how far away your place is from where I would be. I think I'd know these things.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: As far as my short film goes, um, I won't have that publicly available for a while until I've sort of ran it through the festival circuit. So unfortunately, I got to keep that one on lockdown. Um, but I'll send it to you guys.
1: Yeah, please do. Uh, we can talk as much or as little about it as you want. Like if you want us to do a quick thing on it, we will gladly do that. Cool. Or we could tell absolutely no one about it. and Just cool. watch it with the blinds closed. No pants on.
3: <laughs> Which
1: is what he's already doing with your pizza.
3: I didn't figure Matt had his pants on right now. That's why I sit and
1: I have this big desk so you can't yeah. see what's going on underneath. You see
3: what's going on down there.
1: Like it needs to be a big desk. Well, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Great American,
3: uh, great American Challenge down
1: there. Right. You know, once in a while, just kind of. It appears to be about 10 miles away. And you're not anywhere near downtown, are you? Because the last thing I yep. ever... I, well, I mean, it's you're not terribly far.
3: Austin's small. So it's a... Austin's I mean, it's small. a... Yeah, it's it's a small city, I think. I also... I don't know. But it's... I also grew up in Houston, which is, mm. you know, goes mm-hmm. on forever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just... I mean, from downtown to our place, it would be a 10-minute, 10, $10, $5 Uber ride, $5 oh, to $10 Uber ride. So it's it's not bad. I
2: just—that's yeah, how so far Matt has to drive just to find a place with working plumbing right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing like our nearest neighbor is now a quarter mile away. It's kind of nice.
3: Damn. Yeah.
1: Um, um, got gun season for deer started uh, yesterday, and I have never heard so many gunshots or you know, oh cars God. driving past. Yeah. Where do could, you live? Uh, it's a it's <laughs> the town of Bovina. <laughs> i'm
3: gonna yeah, bo- look up bovine. like bovine cows
1: yeah with an a bovina uh it, our mailing, it's the fancy cows yep our mailing address is shy <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm about t- f- uh, 12 15 miles from appleton so i mean we we moved about 20 minutes from our old house but we just like went up towards like when you drive into the the, the town of Shackton, and there's like 900 people and the sign just says like the the road to the North Woods, so it's yeah. where shit starts to get real. Like I now have to make yeah. sure I don't schmuck deer while I drive home. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I like I said. I'll, I'll try and get down there for work and definitely. Yep. The town sounds like a Yakov Smirnoff joke.
2: In Bovina, the cows milk you. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> um.
1: <best. laughs> Corey, where can people find you and your terrible dad jokes
2: uh i don't make the jokes but i help publish them if you go to do i help publish the comics of levi kraus and friends and some of them i wrote
1: awesome you can find me on twitter and instagram and on at LifeGuard. uh next week we're going to be talking about 1987 blood rage uh with pj starks for finally getting him back on after technical snafus about a month ago and um uh,
2: 1987's Blood Rage is the story about when I discovered that I was a woman it was was my first period
1: (laughs) anyways Brett thanks again for coming to hang out that's going to do it for another episode of the podcast here, and we will talk to you guys next week stay scary everybody